0: Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick.
1: Our friend Rick Riley is a sports writer, screenwriter, author, and keynote speaker. He's in the Sports Writers and sports casters Halls of Fame. Latest book is So Help Me Golf, Why We Love the Game. It is a pleasure to have Rick Riley back on the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Rick? Good. How are things? Things, are, things aren't bad at all. Um, I don't think you and I have had a conversation about live golf. Tell me your thoughts about what's taken place in the world of professional golf over the last year.
0: Well, like say you were an NFL football fan, and they took half your teams. And let's say the whole American conference. Hey, we're taking them. We're going to give all the players ten times what they're worth, and all the games are going to be played in Oman and Saudi Arabia. I don't even know what football is. And it's not going to be on TV. And we're not only going to play three quarters instead of four, and you're going to get – it's all going to – the defenses and the offenses, both are going to be on the field at the same time. And you're never going to see your favorite teams play other teams you hate or love. And that's how it feels for me. This has ruined it for me. I hate live golf.
1: Is there – is money the root of all this? Rick, is there too much money in the game?
0: Well, it's not too much money in the game. There's too much money in Saudi Arabia. I mean, God, they have nine golf courses there. They have nine golf courses in the whole country. They don't care about golf. This is sports washing at its best. They're trying to say, look at us. We like golf, too. Forget the fact that we behead protesters and make gay people disappear and probably funded some of the 9-11 uh, terrorists. And, you know, forget all that. Look, we like sports and we play golf. Well, it's, it's just it's just publicity. And so I guess because they have this giant vat of money, they can throw anything at any problem. See where it's cost them $750 million, just to run the few tournaments they ran this year. And that is without paying the players. So it's an absolute economic disaster, but they don't care. They're not trying to run a business. They're trying to want to, to run away to clean up their image. And I don't think it's working because people like me keep reminding people. I mean, Phil Mickelson knew what they were like. He said it in Alan's book. And yet he still went for what? Because the PGA oh boy, the Saudis are terrible and they're bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty MFers. But geez, the PGA Tour really needs to be learned, taught a lesson. It'd be like if you left your wife and married your secretary to teach her that she needs to do her toast better. I mean, he goes, I'm, I'm trying to make things better on the PGA Tour. Shut up! That's the dumbest, lamest excuse for taking money I've ever heard. And as we all know, it was because... Part of it was because he has a gambling problem. He's now talked openly about it. So I don't know. It just it really gets my hackles up.
1: How is it tougher these days for your hackles to get up?
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm retired. I live happy. I live somewhere here in Italy. I don't need this. But it's just it's my game, and it's the game I love. And I. Yes. I mean, the Ryder Cup, ruined, right? Augusta will be really interesting, I guess, but it's going to be not... The the camaraderie's gone. What's the... I mean, what is the champion's dinner going to be like? I mean, I expect maybe there might be a fight or two. I don't know. And it's all because why? The Saudis wanted to clean up their image. And they took our sport and just pasted it with money and gave it to people that... I mean, Kevin Knopf, fifty million dollars. Come on, Pat Perez. Come on, these guys were at the end, and so they're just going to turn the back on the on the on the tour that made them who they are and meant something. It doesn't mean anything now. If you're whatever uh, Dustin Johnson is doing, or whatever Patrick Reed's going to do, or Deschambeau, it's not going to be anything. It's it's going to be winning the Walla Walla member guest. Do they give? Do they sell Mulligan? Who's driving the drink cart? Donald Trump Jr.? What, what are we doing here? It's just, it makes me sick.
1: We're talking with Rick Riley here on the Augusta Golf Show. You mentioned Bryson. You mentioned Dustin. You mentioned Patrick. Do you see any way today, Rick, for these guys to have a path back? Sure.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the money always wins. We know that in sports. We know that in business. Money wins. So they're just going to keep throwing money at it until the PGA Tour has no choice but to, to, to come to an agreement, and then everyone will come back, and we'll fix the, the world golf rankings so that uh, all these stupid events will count. And then, and then uh, probably, I would think, it'd go back to normal. But it's still a lost bunch of years. And it's, I think Tiger said it really well. He said, you don't build your legacy... Going over and playing in, in Qatar, you don't build your legacy by getting, you know, playing in no cut tournaments where you can show up hungover every day, shoot eighty. I mean, John, I can't believe they didn't sign John Daly. This is right up to that, right up his alley. You you build your legacy by winning great tournaments that that Hogan won, that Snead won, that Nicholas won. That you know, players who worked hard and won and that's when it matters you you can't just go on cw and say hey i won the i won the trump westchester nothingness you know make me great you're not great anymore you've given that up
1: is is professional sports better or worse than when you started
0: I think golf is worse. I know that. I mean, I think pro football has never been better. No, I don't think it's worse. I think I think this is just I think this is just an outlier problem, and and uh, these guys under the guise of oh you know taking golf to places that are impoverished and live under bloody regimes. I can't remember. I think it was McDowell said this, Graham McDowell. You know, I've seen and, and Phil said it. I've seen the golf good can do in these in these dictator countries. Really, really, have you? So when Kim Jong Il shot 34 and had five holes in one in a single day, is that, is that when all the North Koreans stop starving? No, it, it, it doesn't do anything. And being on the CW, you, you think that's good? It, it's it's. I hope that all these bloody checks that they take directly from the Saudi family. I hope they don't stain the white leather interior on their new Jets, because that's what this is about. This is about, I want a new Jet, I want a big gosh-dang check, and I don't care what I do to the game I love.
1: You know, I wondered for years, Rick, about how the golfers of today's generation look at history. And, And I guess I'm seeing that there are some that don't care. I guess I'm seeing that there are some that'll just take the money and not care about the history. I guess that's the essence of my asking, is professional sports better today? I, it, it, it did seem like, and maybe I'm dead wrong, that the guys back then cared about their legacy, cared about history, cared about how they'd be remembered, and there just seems to be less of that these days.
0: Well, Justin Thomas cares. Speed cares. Tiger cares. Uh, Phil Mickelson apparently doesn't care. I mean, he, He's... he's Painted a big old mustache on his Mona Lisa, he had going. The guy just won the PGA. He was going to take Nick Faldo's chair at CBS. That had to be worth what, John? Fifteen million? Ten million? He gave up all his endorsements. He's for what? Two hundred million in cash, I guess. But he, he probably could have made near that doing the right thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, Deschamps, I guess, doesn't care. I don't think Dustin Johnson knows. I'm not sure he knows where the hell the country is. I mean, as I always say, Dustin Johnson is so dense; light bends around him, and I bet he wouldn't get that joke either. But but some of these guys are smart. Graham McDowell is smart, and so I, I just I'm just sorry. And people always say you would take it, Riley. You'd take it. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I would not take it because I know that they that people just disappear. For rising up against the government, that they oppress women, that they behead protesters. The the, the list of. They killed journalists, John. I work, I write columns for the Washington Post. They killed Khashoggi. I mean, come on, what are we doing?
1: Have you been impressed by what you saw and heard from Rory in the last year?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Rory's just one of the smartest, (laughs) well spoken athletes I've ever come across. I think he's become the leader of the game. He, he, he almost never says something dumb. He, he, he thinks about what he's going to say. I mean, he was ready with the tea thing, right? About Patrick Reed throwing the tea at him. He goes, oh, I never saw it, but if Patrick had thrown it, uh, if I'd have thrown a tea at Patrick, I know there'd be a lawsuit coming. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Reed, you're going to sue NBC, the golf channel. I don't know who all else Sports illustrated because they were mean to you. Jesus Christ, man. This is pro sports. Have you met the have you met the internet? Don't look at your mentions if you're worried about people being mean to you.
1: You mentioned Rory and how he has stepped up. Does is the game better Rick when there's a hero out there?
0: Well, of course. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if we've ever had so many people into golf as we did or following golf as we had with Tiger. But John, I think with COVID I've never seen so many young people play in the game. I mean, and they're, and they're wearing cool shirts and they're wearing a cool high top golf shoes. And Phil Mickelson suddenly has become the old guy yelling at guys to get off his lawn. I don't know if you saw that tweet about, I can't believe they're, they won't let, sh- they won't let you, they not let wear shorts out there in the PGA tour, but They'll allow a guy to show four inches of ankle. Oh my stars! Really, four inches of ankle? Have you? <laughs> do you go to Europe? Do you see what people are wearing? It's cool. So I love what's happening to the game, and I guess I have COVID to thank because so many young people are into the game, and they're into now they're starting to look at the history. And well, who was Walter Hagen? And, and was he really not allowed in the clubhouse? So he parked his Rolls Royce on the driveway. And slept in the Rolls Royce, and then won the tournament. I mean, there's so many great characters through the history of golf, and I mean, I guess, I guess that's why I'd love people to, to read my book because there's but during COVID I was able to write the stories I'd always wanted to write, but never had anywhere to put them, and never had the time. But like for instance, do you know in 1977, there was a guy on tour that was robbing banks. He'd missed the cut. He had no money, so he'd rob the bank on the way out of town. Put on a disguise, change the plates on his car, and rob banks. He robbed nineteen banks, and I guess nobody at the FBI knew anything about the tour because he was all the banks were in like Pensacola, Doral, hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, Pebble Beach. So this guy finally got made made a cut at Tallahassee, led the tournament, nineteen seventy seven. Then fell apart and made like almost nothing. Robbed the bank in Tallahassee the next morning on the way out of town. Forgot to change the license plates. Went to jail
1: for 25 years.
0: But as I say, you can Google it. He did lead the tour in money that year.
1: Uh, you know you were on the show talking about the book and and you brought up the book again the latest one so help me golf why we love the game and you say and you're right it's a it's a compilation of a ton of stories that you've collected through the years and i asked you this when you were on the show before i'm going to ask you again maybe that one is what's your favorite story out of that book
0: La hinch 1997 there's a blind par three um and you have to hit it over this mountain, a hill. You aim at a white rock that the greenskeeper puts there, and that's the that's the line to the green, but you or to the flag. But you can't see the flag. You can't even see the green. About 150 yards. In 1997, four guys made holes in one in an hour and a half. It was a statistical anomaly that no one could believe, and Lahinch is this little town on the seaside of Ireland. The bar, as you can imagine that afternoon and night, was madness because four guys are buying everybody four drinks, and the bartender's having the greatest night of his life, and everybody's in town. The people that don't even even play golf are in there getting their free drinks, the caddies. It's madness in this bar until through the front door walks the bartender's wife holding the ear of their six-year-old boy. And the the bartender's wife walks the boy, pinching the ear through the crowd, behind the bar, and goes up to the bartender, who's looking at his wife like, what are you doing here? This is the greatest night of my life. And the bartender's wife says to the boy, now you tell your dad what you were doing this fine day, you little rascal. And The boy goes, "Uh, I was putting balls in the hole. (laughs) <laughs> and he was, he was running out from behind a tree and putting golf ball, a golf ball in the hole every now and then just because he liked to see, you know, 50-year-old American guys rip off their shirts and ride around like, you know, ride their buddies around like jockeys and pretend to be Brandy Chastain and do the swim across a green. <laughs> and, and the bartender looks at his wife and looks at the kid, and he goes, oh, my God. And he says, let's never talk of this again. And he kept pouring
1: drink. Uh, Rick's book, and it's full of stories just like that. It's called So Help Me Golf, Why We Love the Game. Um, I'm glad you said yes to this, Rick. Thank you for saying yes. It's great to catch up with you. It's always great to hear your voice. And I hope we yeah, see each other I, soon. Sorry
0: I get so worked up about this live thing.
1: I like worked up. I, I up. I'm, I like, like I worked I'm the
0: only up. one that really cares sometimes. But, I mean, my God.